And welcome everyone back to this week's episode of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. How you doing today, Tracy? I'm doing pretty good, Ben. How are you? Doing great, man. We're here and we're talking about metal. What could be better? Um, as always, you can find me at Ben Dangerously on Twitter. You can find Tracy at Cloaca Metal Hammer Reviews or at just Cloaca Metal for the Tweet Machines. And today we are here to talk about a good old slice of New Orleans sludge crowbar time heals nothing. Only thing that could make this better if we're getting paid in wads of cash to be doing it. <laughs> or we were in New Orleans. I'd, I'd settle for just being in New Orleans. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for on live, uh, a live on uh, location kind of recording for this album. <laughs> uh, before we get too deep into it, this was released on Pavement Music on May 23rd of 1995. Oh, 1995, how I miss you. The lineup for this album is Kirk Winstein on vocals and guitar, Matt Thompson on guitars, Todd Strange on bass, and Craig Noonanmacher on drums. Uh, there is an additional vocals by Tito Bad Boy Bobby Ray Ralph on the song Through a Wall of Tears, um, and it clocks in at 37 minutes and 20 seconds. So this was like right into my wheelhouse when I was super heavy into music and listening to it, and almost the clip that you listen to it per year. Um, so I'm going to go second, and let me ask you, what were your thoughts? first impressions of this album man well to uh, kind of put it in perspective i was seven when this album came out <laughs> so uh this is definitely a, a trip back to the past for me in the sense of listening to something and i'm going to say i have listened to this thing probably more than i have any other album we've done in preparation for our album <laughs> so like eight times uh well in preparation, the only ones that might come close is when we first started because we had some like gaps and not quite for sure when to start things. So like every yeah. weekend I'd listen to like four albums over and over again. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, outside of that, most of the times I'd listen to it the Friday a week out, and then I listen to it again the Friday before we record. This one, two factors brought to it. One is you kind of put me to shame, York. I listened to this album like eight times over the past week, and I'm like, oh, I need to do a little <laughs> more due diligence into this. So I figured I'd give it. The album recording that week, a little more uh, spins and get some more interest in it and dig into it again. Second reason why I was as much is because this album's fucking awesome and I really enjoyed it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, one thing that really stuck out to me and Pizzo talked about it when we did Pantera is that he said this might be the heavy that Far Beyond Driven. Was that the one we did? Yeah. That that might be the heaviest album we have recorded, and since a two that was actually me that said that, but anyway, oh, it's easy to get us confused and all. But. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got quite to edit that one. I just remember that comment was made. But this album, I think, is on par, if not heavier, in the sense of tuning the other one, because this album it hits you like a crowbar. Yeah, in the sense a crowbar, but I mean, it's got some thick chunkiness in the riffs. It's heavy. Like, you can feel the yeah. weight and gravitas behind it as it plays. Yeah. And this isn't exactly, you know, some of that speed, thrashy kind of stuff. Like, this is just some... I couldn't see myself being in a pit on this, like, listening to a track off this album. But I'd definitely be fucking nodding my head in the crowd and just getting into it and just feeling the walls of the building shake and the air move around me just from the amplifiers is the vibe I got of how this album should sound when it's played live. Um, well, I have been in a pit two songs off this album. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a different experience than being into it with something like Slayer. 
And of course, Slayer is like, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Slayer Pit, the Slayer Pit. And it is something else. But this is uh, how to put it. Because of the riff structures and that talk that you talked about, the almost monolithic sound that this is a moving mass that's coming right at you. It um, it does change the moshing just a little bit, but it's still pretty fucking intense. Yeah, like I think a, a metaphor I would almost liken it to is like the Slayer Pit's like a washing machine. It's going to throw you around and mix you up with everything else involved, and it's going to move pretty fast. This is almost like it's a tidal wave, just going to hit you. You know That's it's coming, metaphor. and you don't know, and you just know it's going to hit, and you just go along for the ride. And, like, I don't see the massive circle pits like you have in here, but you could probably see if there are – if there would be – their chairs would be moving, people, bodies, masses of humans in that would be moving along with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of chairs, but <laughs> we weren't at that kind of venue, but, I yeah, mean, no, totally. If they were, they were probably being thrown at the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But um, this monolithic, as you described it, like wave of sound that hits you like a tidal wave is very distinctive. And I fucking loved it from hitting play until through the end. It carried you all the way through it. And I've, I put, wrote some notes on it. And um, there's three particular things I wrote. And it goes, guitar riff during chorus, it's meaty. And <laughs> I think that was off of um, the only factor. Guitar riffs, almost chewy, meaty, time heals nothing. And then, mmm, tasty, tasty riffs on Still I Reach. <laughs> so, like, sure. the guitars for this album are front and center, I feel like. And I feel like that is a good thing. And I feel like as this is that Pantera took the, like, the southern metal groove sound and sped it up. These guys took the southern metal groove sound and tuned it lower. Um, that, you know, even though I was uh, alive and listening during this time, I might have my chronology off. So if anybody wants to correct me on this, feel free to hit me. My sense of it is slightly different Uh because my sense of it is that Pantera and that I think you're right, because I think that they're both the thing that became groove metal. And I would say that these are both kind of extensions of groove metal. But what made Pantera groove metal was the fact that they introduced the thrash and did speed it up. Or they introduced the sludge and slowed thrash down to where it fell into a groove. Whereas this doesn't do that. This is much more pure sludge. You know, it is very southern sounding to me just because it's so heavily... Um, well, I don't know how much it actually influenced Pantera, but they were contemporaries. And then how that sound kind of melded together on Down and other Southern genres. So um, even COC once Pepper Keenan gets into the band, as opposed to their earlier stuff, which was much more punk, which I don't know if you've heard. So by the time you're hitting the Deliverance album, Corrosion of Conformity, this all kind of has that same Southern quote-unquote groove but really it's just different temples of sludge in my opinion i'll agree with you on that one i have my corrosion of conformity is uh limited at best which we'll probably touch on a couple of times it looks like oh, in the upcoming year or so but i mean these guys definitely do take that southern groove metal and i feel like in a sense it's turned up to 11 and you just have kind of like the drumming of it is somewhere in the vinnie paul like they have their and i would almost say uh, vicariously you can kind of see where Chris Adler and kind of sense of like the drums in here. And you've seen it with Pantera. Well, I wanted to people would rag on Vinnie Paul because he's like, he's not a good drummer because it's not, you know, nonstop double bass throw blast beat. Fuck him. But I feel like, uh, who was the drummer for Crowbar? 
Uh, Noonan Mocker. Like him and Vinnie Paul both have very similar style, and you can sign to see where they influence Chris Adler in the sense that these drummers each kind of know their place within the rhythm of the songs and the music. And like, they don't really try to overpower, but they do fill in spots where it's kind of like, okay, this can fit in here. This can fit in here. And they're not like here, I'm just going to do a double bass roll and blast beat it until my arms fall off. Well, yeah, to me, that is, um, they both are very heavy handed in that they're really striking the drum or at least it sounds like they are striking the drum heads really, really hard. I bet they break a lot of sticks you know yeah it's the impression I, that i get from it anyway yeah and i feel like you know you can kind of see like the line of development on that from them guys to chris adler where you know chris adler always had that touch to be able to kind of put in stuff with the drums that where it didn't overpower the rest of the music but it felt like it made it more complete and these this guy for cobar does a great job of that and right I feel like this album, though, in a sense, does kind of have... I don't know if you want to get into this or you just want to say what you like first. No, go ahead. Well, with Kirk Weinstein's vocals, I kind of feel like they have a similar issue that, like, Megadeth's... Or not Megadeth. Mastodon's Leviathan had, in the sense of, like, they viewed everything as an instrument in upon itself. And so it's eq to where his vocals kind of sit even with everything else instead of being up front. Right. And I feel like that's kind of like the that by... That's a slight little issue with this album. Hmm. Okay. Um, so my initial thoughts, I, I don't remember my initial thoughts. I'm just going to be completely honest about that. What? You mean you, can't remember, band, you yeah. can't remember shit from 25 years ago, Ben? Come on now. No, I don't remember what I first thought when I heard Crowbar, uh, but I've been listening to him <laughs> for a long time, so obviously I liked it. But in going back and re- re- listening to this album, I forgot how much I like really good sludge. And we've done some sludge adjacent or, you know, sludge and bands so far during the... Sludge? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Although I did, you know, that was one of the things about them that I liked. So I did like the way that this was constructed, that this, whereas in some of the other bands, especially the prog stuff, where everybody is kind of playing their own things and it melts together and it's like, oh, cool. Look at the alchemical creation that our various instruments have made. That's not what this is. This is a fucking train that's coming right at you, and it's only going 55 miles an hour, but it's 18 tons, or actually probably like 1,800 tons, and it's going to fuck you up when it hits you. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it's a fucking train just rolling down the track, and you can either go along for the ride or get the fuck out of the way. Right, and that doesn't mean that the sounds aren't interlocking. They're just interlocking in a much more, for lack of a better term, tight way, you know? Then you talked about it, just... The guitars are out front, but they're supported very well by the rhythmic foundation that Todd Strange and Noonanmacher are laying down in the bass and the drums so that it sounds like one unit. And I really, really liked that. That was one of the things that I liked about it. I also like Todd uh, when Todd's singing or growling, if you prefer, um, because it's not like your standard cookie monster death metal growl that was starting to come out of Florida. And it's not exactly fry vocals either. And, you know, lyrically... This is not the stuff that a lot of heavy metal is about. The closest lyrically that I can think of, some of the stuff that we talked about on that Pantera album, but it's much more closer to like some of the these more sensitive stuff that Typo Negative was doing because he's singing about his emotions and how fucked up everything is and how he can't trust these people anymore and, and those kind of things. So it's also a slow-moving train that is lyrically Southern and that it touches on 
tropes that would be more considered country music than necessarily heavy metal. Hmm, interesting. I wonder how much of history these guys had with like you know country music and its influences on them, which you might be able to see some lyrically and some of the more singer songwriter style country music artists and not the uh, current modern day Tim McGraw bullshit. Right. When I say country music, I'm talking about like George Jones and, you know, up through maybe George Strait, not fucking Brad Paisley or shit like that. <laughs> I thought, you know, all Brad Paisley music sucks, but a lot of Brad Paisley's music sucks. It does. I ain't got to listen to know that. It just we know it does. But I mean, you know, whether they were super into it or not, it's hard to say. But coming from where they were born and raised, it had to be around them, just like it was around us when we were kids. Yeah. Definitely. You kind of, even if you don't exactly go seeking it out, you kind of osmosis Jones it and absorb it. Right. Now, being in New Orleans, there was probably a lot of, so, I mean, let me offer a flip side to that. Now that I've said that, even though I I do still see that country music connection, it could be the blues coming out of New Orleans and the blues and jazz music that was in New Orleans. It could be that. It's probably just a fusion of all of it, to be honest. Yeah. And that's probably where a lot of the groove uh, tendencies came from is the blues and just the, and probably some of the songwriting. Cause I mean, can you name a happy blue song? My dingling. Your ding. <laughs> it's pretty happy. Have you listened to it? No, I haven't. Just the name of it, though. <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, blues is not a very happy medium of art to begin with. It's right. why it's called the blues. And so I yeah. feel like that might be part of it in the stylistic and his writing lyrically and probably some of the groove parts behind it. Yeah, probably so. I would say so. I really enjoyed Kirk's vocals on this album and he, it sounded like he, I think it was him. There were different parts where he had his more growl and did he had kind of like a scream that for me sounded a little higher pitch. Like you hear it on time. It was nothing. And still I reach. I didn't really think of it as a scream. I guess maybe for him, it might've been a scream. Uh, but I really enjoyed that when he did that and like the different layering that it added to and saw added to in the songs. Yeah. Well, was there anything you didn't like about this album? Um, hmm. If I were going to label a criticism at this album, it would be very similar to the one that I labeled against Arch Enemy, is that all these songs are good, Time Hills Nothing is great, and nothing else really reaches that level. But every, I, there's no songs I don't like, but some of their other albums which hopefully we will do i think have more standout tracks than just time hills nothing i will agree with you in that the sense that a lot of these tracks do seem to sound alike and run together but i will say i do think the lowest common denominator on this album is still higher than that that was on arch enemies doomsday machine well i mean i like sludge more than i I like melodic death metal so i would be tempted to agree with that but i want to be clear i'm not saying that i think they all sound the same even though stylistically you know sludge is similar to doom and that there is not going to be a whole lot of stylistic change it's the nuances if you're listening to that style of music then you you know what you're getting um and you and i guess you could make the same case about death and black metal too and probably all genres to be honest that if it's actually going to be an honest representation of that genre there's going to be enough stylistic uh similarities that you're going to have to really be steeped in that genre to really be able to tell the differences you know what i'm saying so yeah like the frame of the house is built and the walls are put up just the wallpaper and paint may be different right exactly so i didn't really think that 
I didn't have a problem telling when we had gone into a new song and didn't think that, oh, has this song been going on for 18 minutes? No, I never I never thought that. Yeah, I didn't have that so much either. I was saying about this is like I feel like while they're the standout tracks, like I do feel like I'm trying to think of way to phrase this. Oh, I'll just work through it and see if I get to it. Um, sure. Like with Doomsday Machine, it seemed like, you know, you had, oh, what was the one major song we both liked on that one? Which one? Oh, um, My Apocalypse is Now? Yeah, My Apocalypse. Like, My Apocalypse on that album is definitely, on Doomsday Machine is definitely the best song on that album. I will say Time Heals Nothing is a, the best song on this album with a Still I Reach as a distant second, but it's still probably the second best album on here. But I do feel like past that point, the Doomsday Machine, the songs on it as a whole were not as good as the rest of the songs on time as on this album is and Time Heals Nothing. So the diff- the distance between songs you're talking about. Yeah, like My Apocalypse is solid, like a really good song, and then the rest of them's kinda like, uh okay, and they're very formulaic might be a way to say it, but it's still it's again this is the genre you're getting into and you know what you're getting. But I do feel like the worst on time has nothing still better than the worst on Doomsday Machine. Um, that's entirely possible. I, I didn't. Nece- I mean, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily comparing the two in that. I was just saying that I think everything on this album is good, um, and Time Hills Nothing is great. And again, it, it's a very minor nitpick. I wish we, that all albums had this many quality tracks on them. Um, yeah, like there's nothing on this album that's thinking going to make you like. Eh, I don't. I- like it's going to push you away. There's no, uh, right. what was that wonderful track you liked so much last week? Oh, Genesis. It's no, there's no Genesis on here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, fuck that track. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I will say, to be fair, if this isn't your, if the, you don't like this specific subgenre, you're not going to like this album. I, I'll agree with that. Like, if you're not looking for, if you're, if you're not looking for something slow, heavy, and just, crushing yeah i feel it could be aptly describe it yeah it is probably want to skip over this album and move on to something a little more fast-paced and a little more lighter i feel like because you know like megadeth metallica like even like iron maiden really comes to mind on that like there's just a lighter tone to it sure and i was i was actually very happy that you like it as much you did because i was thinking u.s prog boy might have found it boring no no i like my good chunky metal sometimes okay there are just some i guess you say like some fans of like specific genres when you get into those yeah, totally the weeds on those like some of them i'm like eh, i'm not so sure like i'm a good surface skimmer but i don't quite know if i'm a mariana trench kind of person for a lot of genres <laughs> <laughs> right right don't know that you want to do a deep dive yeah yeah, and some of the deep dive stuff I found, like in black metal, is kind of like, oh, okay, okay, I get it while you're doing it, but I don't personally get it, the, the interest in it. And I feel like, but this one I think is deep enough to give you the the appeal and the look and the sound and everything, but it's enough to also not to push you away. Yeah, and uh, it's been a while since I've specifically shouted out a basis. so Todd Strange, great job on this album. Um Really, everybody, everybody, I think, did a great job to to be in such lockstep and present such a formidable wall of sound. It's not necessarily easy to do. So, yeah, agreed. All right. Um, well, I guess I kind of talked about what songs I liked and didn't like. What about you? Uh, Time Heals Nothing is definitely first on that one for me. Uh, Still Our Reach is a distant second. And 
I feel like those are probably the two that really stuck out to me. Cool. Throughout, I will say that for me, this album is one I'm going to listen to more so as a start to finish album, as so less than particular tracks. Yeah, yeah, totally. This is a a very good, especially since it's not like Rain and Blood short, but it's short. Yeah. So it's something that you can put on and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's honestly, it's almost the perfect length for this style of music. Yeah, it's it's almost. And if you get to I feel like this style of music, if you get to any further into it, you move away from the sludge and more into the uh, Doomstoner aspect of yeah. that kind of. Well, you, yeah, you have to it. stretch it out. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so the time limit's good. I mean, well, before we recorded, sat down, record this. I pretty much listened to all of it, but one track in doing the dishes and prepping a little bit of food for tonight for dinner. So, yep. And uh, on my drive over, I listened to it. So, yeah. Simple enough, right? Exactly. Okay, time to uh, grade this bad boy. Alrighty. Uh, I'll go first since I think everybody kind of knows where you feel about it since you did put it on the list and this is my first go around with it. I'm going to give it a solid B, B plus and trying to decide. I'm going to give it the, I'm going to give it a B plus. Cool. Um, that's exactly what I was going to give it to. Hmm. It Ultimate. is not quite an A. Some of their other material is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason that it's not is because if there had been another song of the quality of Time Heals Nothing, it would have crept into an A minus most likely. Um, but with just the one truly stellar track, I, I didn't feel that I could go above a B plus. Your mileage will, of course, vary depending on yeah. what you think of the individual song. I, I will agree with you on that one. And that it does have like the two stellar standout tracks. I would say that this is a good. Um, you shouldn't feel like if somebody's like necessities in sludge or like in sludge or doom kind of album i feel like this one is one that will probably crop up a lot in discussion and like you should check this out for particular reasons and like i don't feel like it definitely belongs in discussion in the sense of like introductory albums for somebody looking to set to try out the genre for the first time well i would also say that if you are a fan of down and you came to down off of pantera to truly understand down you have to listen to crowbar because Crowbar, at least on that first Down album, the other half of the fucking band, other than Rex and Phil, is Crowbar. <laughs> That's a very, so it's a pretty much a super group. Yeah. I would definitely say, it's I, this album's at least worthy of a listen for anybody who is at least a Pantera fan and really enjoys their work. I slightly misspoke. What's up? I had forgotten. Um, uh, Rex Brown wasn't in on the first down album it was todd strange um and pepper keenan had come over with jimmy bauer of i hate god too that's a very interesting lineup i guess uh, to <laughs> me it makes perfect sense um because those are all i mean it's pantera croatian of conformity crowbar and i hate god so to me they're all out of the same musical garden anyway i disrupted you i didn't mean to no, i was just i just <laughs> no, wanted I bet to correct myself before the keyboard warriors came out and go this guy doesn't know who was on the first down album <laughs> you're right i had forgotten yeah you're you're fake as pin you don't know who's on the first down album. Metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh no whatever shall we do yeah guess we gotta end a podcast now since ben doesn't know who's who was on the down album i didn't yep. either <laughs> I think that will do us for this week. Yeah, we'll be on tap for next week. The next album we are doing is Blood for Blood, Hell Yeah. Hell yeah. Another out of the Pantera tree, Southern Rock. Yeah. 
we're dipping our toes a little bit into Mudvayne and a few other bands with this one, with their or with that, with their super groupness at least at start. I think the roster lineup changed a bit after that. Yeah, it'll be a good discussion, I think. Yeah, should be. All right, everybody. I don't have anything more to say this week. Do you? I don't either. And keep your devil horns in the air because we're coming for more action. Come on at ya. Thunderdome, it's a review.